Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know, uh, thanks very much for listening in on the show today. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that there is an amazing challenge that we just launched called the Unlimited Client Attraction Challenge. Now, for you guys that are interested in learning more about how you can generate leads. Now, I'm not talking about normal leads. I'm talking about highly qualified leads. How you can how you can learn the simplified strategies that some of the go-to experts like myself and the thought leaders that are using specific types of strategies that are growing their companies at exponential measures. So we're going to be taking you through a six-day challenge, four of them, four of the days, we're going to be going through a step-by-step guide of four strategies about what you need to do in order to grow your companies. Uh, me and Beata Shalette, who's my business partner on this, we're going to be walking, hang-holding you and going through all the different aspects. These are the ch- strategies that we're using in our own business right now that is working down to the ground that you guys need to implement implement into your business straight away. So the website that you need is theclientattractionchallenge.com. Um, the link is below for more information. It is practically free. Uh, make sure you check out the link below. Uh, it's going to be absolutely epic starts October 27th, 6 p.m. UK time, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll see you again on the challenge. Cheers. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another amazing Game Changers Experience live show. Well, today we have an amazing guest lined up for you. And um, believe it or not, um, we met uh, many years ago, actually, through the Institute of Directors. Uh, we've turned into really good friends. We hanged out on Clubhouse. And uh, we, we recently met in London, actually, a few months ago. But our guest today is Simon Alexander Ong. Now, if you don't know who Simon is, whenever you come into contact with Simon, he's one of these types of individuals where he's got an energy which is so infectious. It's like whoa, you know, it'll blow you away. And um, and to give, what I love about um, Simon is that not only does he give you great energy, he gives you a great, a, a different kind of perspective, which can be very empowering, but also can help you ignite about what the possibilities of what is and what isn't, if that makes sense. Simon is an award-winning executive and life coach. Um, he has been interviewed on the likes of the BBC. You may have also seen him on Sky News and also in Forbes magazine. He's also been working um, with companies such as Virgin and Microsoft and Salesforce and the Peter, jo- uh, the Peter Jones Foundation as well. And he has an amazing book called Energize, which was he became a best-selling author through Energize, which was published by Penguin and was endorsed by the likes of um, Simon Sinek. Uh, so you may know, may, may know Simon Sinek, uh, Marshall Goldsmith, uh, our good friend Marshall, and also Marie Farlow. And uh, some of the things that we're going to be covering today, guys, is of course we're going to be talking about energy, but we're going to be going a little bit deeper than last time, okay? Uh, so for you guys that probably didn't know, but we had Simon here on the show probably about 100 episodes ago, 
which was insane just how time flies by. Um, but we're going to be talking a little bit about the differences between good and bad energy. You know, what is the definition of good and bad energy? Um, we're also going to be talking about how to ignite your energy if you're in a bad place right now. And I know that there's lots of things going on in the world right now, but sometimes all we need is that ignition switch. How do we find it and what do we do with it? We're also going to be talking a little bit about how to surrender yourself to um, energy and eliminate that fear. But also, we, I want to talk to Simon a little bit about his book deal with Penguin and how that came about as well. So, without further ado, the main man of himself, Simon Ong. Woo! <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for the very kind introduction. That's all, all good. How are you doing? Because I, I know you just come back from uh, Dubai. I just saw pictures that you come back from Dubai. How was that? That was that was absolutely epic, Adam. I, I've been to Dubai before for personal reasons, holiday with the family, mm -hmm. but it was my first time traveling for business. And mm -hmm. to share some of my work with those in the region was a phenomenal experience. It went down well. I'm in conversations to have more events in the region later this year and next year. Uh, so very much looking forward to sharing more of my work with the community there. Love it, love it, love it. And I know that you were meeting our good friend Marshall Goldsmith over there. And uh, I know he's such a great guy, isn't he? <laughs> we, we managed to have uh, a conversation together on the day of his talk. So after he finished on stage, I had some time with him backstage in the speaker's lounge. And it was just incredible to learn from his experience, you know, to have mm. the opportunity to ask him questions on the back of the many books that he has published. You know what I love about Marshall as well? He's got such um, large amounts of wisdom, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and that's why, you know, someone that's got huge amounts of knowledge tends to carry huge amounts of wisdom. Did you find that mm -hmm. through, through conversations with him? Definitely. And, and if there's anything else I, I learned from Marshall's presence is that he is such a down to earth person. I mean, he was someone that said hello to everyone that came up to him, who wanted to take a photo, who wanted to ask him a question. He gave everyone a little bit of time. And for me, that was so inspiring, you know, especially given I'm a lot earlier in the journey than him. Uh, and just to see how he how he acted towards others, how he embraced and lived the sort of things that he was telling the audience. You know, one thing that I learned about um, people like Marshall is that they really eliminate their egos and they mm. come from a place of candor and kindness um and i and i, I, I don't know I, I mean there are speakers out there few and far between you know i mean awesome people like yourself and marshall of course but there are so many speakers that are kind of like you know away from that space but with him it's completely different in terms of the connection do you, do you know what i mean mm, totally totally and i think there's uh there's a level of humility that mm. goes with the work that he does. As you said, Adam, you know, you can get to a point in your career where you think that I'm here and everyone else is down here. But the way that he approaches it and the way that I like to approach it is that actually we're all the same in the sense that any one of us can teach us something and share with us a story that can inspire us. And it doesn't mean it's the end of your journey just because you're up here. In fact, we're always learning. We're always able to acquire new knowledge and new experiences from other people. So for example, mm -hmm. when, when I had the conversation with Marshall, I was sharing with him, I've got a camera guy next to me and he's helping to capture content and video for my talk. And Marshall was really curious about the whole world of social media because it's not really <laughs> yeah. his bag or cup of tea. And so it was really interesting to see him wanting to ask questions about, did you fly him over? What sort of content are you looking for? What's important about that? He was just very curious uh, about what I was up to. 
Yeah, love that. Now, for you guys that are listening in live, do me a favor. We use the hashtag live, use the hashtag replay. I'd be really super appreciated about. And also do me a favor as well. If you are listening to us live, do us a favor. We always say to this PLC, post like or comment on the comment section below. If you have any questions for Simon, we've got a little bit of time with him today. Uh, and he's been very kind to, you know, clear his um, diary and spend a bit of time with us. And for you guys that are listening in onto the podcast, uh, we also put all the show notes below and any, any any links that you may find relevant with today's conversation. So let's just jump straight in here because I know that it's been uh, it's been a well. I mean, I know we only met three months ago in London. We we, mm. we had such a we had such a great time, um, you know. And um, really, what I loved about that experience is like you, you know, not only did you give your time. Uh, to me, but you personally invited me to to connect with that, and, and I love that about you. You know, and I think that's for me. That's I'll always remember that in terms of that special human connection. But I wanted to jump in here because I wanted to talk a little bit about your book, mm -hmm. uh, Energizer Course, and I wanted to talk a little bit about you know um, people that are in a, a bit of a bad place right now because you know there's lots of things going on in the world, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of distractions going on in the world. And sometimes it can feel like it can sometimes feel like um, you're part of that or, you know, mm. society is part of that. Um, how does number one, how can we ignite our energy if we're in a discontent, discontent type of place um, or discouraged type of place? How can we ignite that energy to kind of get us out of that rabbit hole, if that makes sense? Sure. I think one of the easiest ways to do so, Adam. And you're right, we are going through a particular time in the world right now where there are a lot of pressures, a lot of strains on our energy, um, a lot of things that do affect us. You know, if you just switch on the news, you would have heard about things such as inflation, the economy, the, the sort of uh, how, how prices are kind of forcing us to change the way we spend, how governments may not be handling money as well. Lots and lots of things that, that are affecting our, our mental health. But a very simple exercise that we can do to bring our energy back to what is most important is simply raising our awareness about the things that we can control and the things that we can't. It's as simple as that. And this is actually what is achieved by many Zen masters. What they remind themselves about is what are the things that I cannot control? Now, if we focus on the things that we can't control, we can easily become paralyzed by overthinking. But if we begin to focus on the things that we can, and trust me, there's always something that you can control, however small. It might be a very small thing, but there is always something that you can control. And once you start focusing your attention on the things that you can control, that is where you begin to feel energized and empowered to take action. So that's the very first thing. And just to kind of share with you how that impacted me, in April 2020, there were a couple of things that happened at the same time that... In some respects, you could see it as a perfect storm of things that were working against me. In April 2020, I became a father for the first time. I also landed a book deal with Penguin. But at the same time, I lost a chunk of my business because a lot of my revenue comes from speaking in person. Now, of course, overnight, every speaking event was canceled or postponed until they kind of figured out how this whole remote working thing was going to work. Right. And so because all of these things happened at the same time and our families could not come to stay with us or to help us raise our child, I had to take a step back and remind myself that very thing that I just shared with you. What were the things that were in my control 
and what were the things that were not and begin channeling my attention and focus on the things that were. It's tough. It, yeah, these things are always tough in the moment, but actually by taking a step back, by looking at the event from an objective point of view, what happens is that we can begin working with the reality that we have around us rather than working against it. And that's a very important thing to understand because we're living in the feeling of our thinking moment to moment to moment. So an event at the end of the day is just an event. And it is our thinking and interpretation of it that really determines the quality of our energetic thoughts. Love it. Some very good stuff there. And and, and, and I think I, I love what I loved about that story is that it's a real life experience, something that you lived. Do you know what mm. I mean? And so you can you can tell, you can share what you how you dealt with that experience. Well, I love that. That's some good stuff. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about um is there a is there a a um what's the word I was looking for? Is there anything such as good energy and bad energy? And if so, what is it? And how do they how, how do they compare with each other? Mm. So first of all, just to give a bit of context, Adam, when I talk about energy, I, I'm mm. referring to energy in terms of its four dimensions. So Got energy it. in terms of the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. Now, a lot of us will only focus on the physical, i.e. to get more energy, I need to sleep more, get more rest, feed my body right, uh, and exercise. That's the physical side. The mental side is our ability to focus, our ability to be creative, to access that creative potential within us, and also to cultivate a uh, resilient mindset. Emotional energy is how we relate to ourselves and others, and it is also our ability to live in the present spiritual energy is all about purpose you know when you are low on spiritual energy you feel some tension inside of you and that is when the work that you are doing is not aligned to the work that you want to do whereas when the work you are doing feels like you're in flow allows you to express yourself in terms of your talents gifts and skills what happens is that you are high on spiritual energy so when we talk about good and bad energy that would differ for each of us but you would know it Energy is like a language that has no words, but you and I can feel it. And so mm. you can be in certain environments that drain you of energy. That's what I would call bad energy. And you could be in other environments that actually elevate your energy. And that's what we call good energy. Now, energy is neutral in the sense that it does not matter if you spend time around bad or good energy. It is infectious. So the more bad energy you spend time with, the more bad and drained and exhausted you're going to naturally feel. The more good, positive, and optimistic energy you spend time with, then naturally the more positive you're going to feel. And so that's why we have to be very careful about the energy we spend time with. Otherwise, it will literally infect our energetic field. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is, in, in, in effect, it's not just about the environment that you're in, but also the, uh, the influence that's around you affects I suppose your vibrational energy, if mm. that's what you want to call it, is mm. that, is, would, would that would that be right in saying that? Definitely, definitely. And I'm a big believer in in this sort of idea of vibrational frequency, because mm. let's say that in your mind uh, you have this compelling and magnetic vision. It's a mm. very exciting vision of what you want to manifest. Now, that's vibrating at a certain level. Now, if your vibration is very low and it is not aligned to that vision, then guess what? You are not a match yet for that vision to manifest. And that is why it's very important to live in what is often called a future present reality. Many of us are living in what I call a past present reality in the sense that your past is dictating how you live in the present. But if you can flip that 
and live in a future present reality in which your future self, your future visions, hopes, dreams, and goals are determining how you show up each day, then what happens is that energizes you. That naturally elevates your vibration to match the very thing that you're looking to achieve. So what, we, what you're saying then is we need to find a deeper sense of purpose in our lives and how that kind of um, and then when our energy, when our energy vibration goes down, we use that as a, as a base point to go or a reference point to go back to and say, do you know what? I'm going to go back to the, my reference point and then my, my, mm. my energy vibration then goes up. Is that correct? Definitely. And, and that's why it's like, first of all, you've got to be clear as to what does success mean? You know, what does legacy mean for you? What is the very thing mm. that drives you? This is what you call your why, your purpose, your vision, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. They are very similar. Now, yeah. once you've got that in mind, the question that I often ask people, and, and this is where you have to understand where your vibration is now. Where are you today? And where must you be in order to be the person that can achieve that? And the question I often ask people is this. Who must you become in order to have what you want? Because the process has to start internally. The engine of growth happens within the internal before you can turn the formless into form, the invisible into the visible. And so that's why inner work is important before the outer work gets realized. Hmm. So what you're saying is it's basically we need to build a foundation first mm. before we kind of put the brickwork on top of it. Does that make sense? Definitely. It's like, it's like building a house, right? You can build a house very quickly. You, mm. you kind of go, okay, I want to do this very quick. I put the house together. But if there's no foundation, then the first challenges you get, whether that's the weather, the storm, the wind, whatever that is, when the conditions aren't perfect, what happens is your house will very easily fall. But if you spend time putting the foundations in place, it means that when you do eventually face the setbacks and obstacles, which we will always face, whenever you embark mm -hmm. on the journey that is new, you are going to face some setbacks and challenges. So if you've got the foundations in place, what happens is that you are able to use those setbacks, those challenges and failures as fuel for your growth. You're able to respond in a very different way if you have these foundations in place. Love it. Love it. Interestingly enough, I want to go back to something that you picked up earlier, which was all about um, vibrational energy, right? So, and, and you know, I, I want to kind of give us a little bit of context to what you think vibrational energy is. Because I, like, from my perspective, success leaves clues, right? And mm. I believe that it's how you pick up that vibrational energy. But talk to us a little bit about, like, what is it that we need to look for? Like, what, first of all, let's define what, energy vibration is to you from your perspective right sure. and how is it that we can potentially um pick up you know good vibrations from certain particular whether it be situation sure. activity experience any thoughts there sure well first of all our vibration influences our state so what i mean by that if you're if you're emitting a low vibration, then your state is going to be very low. If you're emitting a high vibration, your state is going to be very high. And here's why that energy is so, so important. Because when you do a task or when you implement an action from a low energy state, it is very different to doing that very same action from a place of high energy. When you listen to someone, when you want to understand how someone does something, if you're approaching it with low energy, it would manifest in the form of, it is easy for them. You know, I can't do that. So what happens is you're already putting up a, an energetic block, if you will, for you mm -hmm. actually putting the lesson into practice. 
But when you're coming at that with a high energy state, what happens is you're seeking the lesson from what you're learning. How can I do it differently? What can I learn from this situation? What is it trying to teach me? Who can I ask for help? You're coming at it from a place of humility and not ego. And that's also the difference. When you're vibrating at a low level, what's happening is that your world, if you will, is centered on you. It's all about me, me, me. Whereas when you're, when you're vibrating at a high level, you have an appreciation that we are all connected. And that brings to the foreground an element of humility. Now, if we're all connected, it means I don't necessarily know everything. And so I can go out and seek mentors, coaches. I can seek teachers, people that can help me understand my blind spots. And when we do that, that's where we begin to learn what is necessary for us to make progress in what matters most. Love it, love it, love it. Now, interestingly enough, um, I know that there was something that you picked up there, which I picked up from your conversation. How does, how in relation to a fix and a growth mindset correlate to vibrational? Because there, there must be some correlations there, right? Definitely. Well, the the, the the sort of correlation at a simple level is that when you're vibrating at a low level, you are operating from a place of ego. You have a very fixed mindset. You aren't open to different perspectives. And what happens is that can become a very vicious cycle because mm. you see the world from a very negative lens. And so you go out and seek evidence for why that is the case. And what happens is you set up these barriers around you, which means you are grounding yourself in a very negative energetic state, which isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And what you begin to notice when you live life from that perspective is you may start to kill relationships. You know, you push people away. You hurt the very people that you love. And that's the unfortunate reality of what happens when you operate from that state. Now, when you're operating from a high vibrational state, you are operating from a growth mindset, which is the fact that you simply want to be better than who you were yesterday. And you are tapping into the field of abundance. And the field of abundance is all around us. You know, when we come from a place of gratitude, for example, these sort of emotions, gratitude, joy, fulfillment, happiness, kindness, these are all high vibrational emotions. And so when we come from that perspective, what happens is we literally tap into the abundance that is in front of us. Is there like one source of energy more important than the others? For me, going back to what I said about the four dimensions of energy, physical, mental, emotional, mm -hmm. spiritual, for me, it all begins with physical energy. Now, if there's anything that we've learned from the last few years of the COVID pandemic, is that if you don't have physical energy, you can't do much else. Mm -hmm. You know, to the healthy person, you've got lots of hopes, dreams, and goals, but to the sick, you've only got one just to be <laughs> and so if you don't have that baseline of energy driven by good physical health then guess what it doesn't matter about the rest it doesn't matter about those tips those strategies those hacks and all the other areas you want to work on because you you know you won't have the baseline energy to put those things into action so for me it starts with having good physical energy then you can build on top of that Mm, love it some good stuff that uh for you guys that are listening in um it, listening to us live or listen to the replay use the hashtag live or replay and put any questions if you did if you are listening to the replay or listen to this on the podcast of course uh connect with simon on um any of the social media links that we'll put below of course and um if you have any questions of course you can also do that as well i know that we've got a couple of questions that will come in and we, we will get to your questions towards the end 
Uh, so don't forget, I will. We will get there. It's it, you know, energy is a big subject, ladies and gents. I just want to kind of let you know. <laughs> and we're having we're having a ball here, right? We're literally having a ball here. This is kind of like the deep dive about energy, right? So um, cool. I love it. Now I, there's something which is really interesting here because maybe you've had conversations with leaders and entrepreneurs, right? And say things are going really well for them, right? Say you're in a say you're in a really good flow state, and um, and I'm a big believer that um, you know if something's going if something's flowing, you should ride the wave. You've mm. probably heard of that analogy about riding mm. the wave, right? But then at the back of the other person's mind, they may be thinking they may have a I don't know whether it be a um, a zap of low confidence or mm. maybe of an experience or maybe they're at the back of their mind, they're thinking, oh, it's all going to crumble one day or it's all gonna, that mm. kind of like fear of not fear of failure, but it's kind of like, you know, that, that maybe they've had an experience that maybe they, you know, that they've, ex that they've experienced. And it's like, oh, you know, how am I going to deal with that? It's kind of like this kind of like pessimistic attitude type of thing. Yeah. How do you, from a, from a, from that perspective, how do you advise people that, you know, if things are going well, how do you encourage them to ride the wave? And when do you encourage them to kind of like maybe take it from a slightly different perspective? Any thoughts there? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, we're always going to encounter those challenging moments that you that you touch on. There's going to be moments in your business where things are going really well. And as you said, you're riding a wave, you're enjoying the moment. And yes, it's good to enjoy the moment uh, because you want to celebrate how far you've come. But at the same time, we are all going to be tested in times of uncertainty, uh, unexpected events that will pop up in our journey. Now, that is why for me, one of the greatest activities that we can do as a leader or as someone who is running or growing a business is that of journaling, of downloading our thoughts onto paper. One of the things that I often say is that you cannot have self-development without self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And that is because you simply can't change what you're not aware of. And when you journal, when you write down your thoughts onto paper, and there's no right or wrong way, by the way, it's just finding the way that works for you, because we all have different constraints, different lifestyles, uh, different obligations. So once you start downloading your thoughts onto paper, what happens is it is like therapy for free, because mm -hmm. you are able to understand your thoughts at a deeper level. You're able to understand the source and the place these thoughts are coming from and to build a path forwards that allows you to focus on what are the alternatives? What else could this mean? What could I do? Going back to what I said earlier, what is in my control? Now, what happens is when you start to understand your thoughts and organize it in a way that gives you clarity on what the next step is, that helps you navigate the periods of uncertainty in a far better way. Otherwise, those events will be in control of you. Mm, love that. Um, I mean, when we have our conversations and we meet, you know, even when you're when we're listening and we're sharing a room on Clubhouse or whatever it might be, you know, we're pretty energetic people. We have really good vibrational energy. Um, now, I know for a fact, being human, of course, right, there must be times uh, during the week where there may be that, you know, maybe you're low in energy. Right. Um, are there any particular rituals that you um, use to, to get out of maybe, uh, I don't know, a state of low energy, if you like. And I'm sure that mm. you've, you, you, you know, being human, 
you've experienced those times. Is there anything that you practice to maybe kind of like become a bit more resilient towards low vibrational energy? Sure. Well, first of all, you're right. I mean, we all go through periods. We're human at the end of the day. There'll be periods where you feel low in energy. And to give you a few practical examples of how I've managed it myself. So my book was published in April 2022. Now, mm. I knew ahead of time that those few weeks before and after the publication day would be very busy. And I would often have to be very uh, flexible with my diary so I could respond to media requests, interviews, uh, publications, and articles. But knowing that ahead of time, what I did is I, I took on no new coaching clients between January and July. So I completely blocked out January and July for only my existing clients and no new clients. Now, that gave me the space and the, the energy to focus on my book launch so that I could respond in a timely manner to any inquiries or opportunities that were coming up. Now, if we take what I did in this example and apply it to what we can do on a weekly basis, the practical idea here is to make white space in your calendar. We all seem to be in this habit of cramming our calendar with meetings, social events, and so on. But I kind of wonder, are we actually also putting in time in our diary just for ourselves? Yeah, how many of us actually schedule in me time? Yet when we get a work meeting coming, we click yes on that calendar invite. When a social event comes in, we click yes. When a holiday event comes in, we click yes. But actually, have we actually blocked out time for ourselves? Very often we don't. And if we don't, what happens is there will always be something else that will take our time and come into our diary. Now, when we do that, what happens is that we are giving ourselves the space to step back, to have intentional rest. Because it's all about finding that rhythm. We all have a different energetic rhythm and we can't be on 24-7. And so we've got to have periods of regular uh, intentional rest moments so that when we come back to work, we come back reset and rejuvenated. We're not machines. And so we have to understand the flow that we're working through so we can work with our body and not against it. You know, I think you make a really valid point there because I think that, um, you know, us being entrepreneurs and, you know, and lots of people listening in, entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and leaders and business owners, you know, I think that's one of the areas where a lot of people really neglect themselves, you know, like mm -hmm. self-care and, you got to look at some of those things and see how can I control what is within my reach and leave the things I can't. When you can't control it, what you want to focus on is diluting that energy. Mm. So to give an example, if you happen to be in a household where you are constantly bombarded by negative energy, one of the ways to dilute that is by reading certain books, listening to podcasts or audiobooks, reading magazines that are being read by the people that you want to spend time with. Because what that does is it dilutes the negative energy that you're getting in your environment. Now, if you're at work and there's certain negative individuals, well, what you can do is very subtly redirect their attention to something that is positive. And that's one of the ways at a very small level, you can start to change your energy into something positive. So if someone happens to be negative and you ask them, how has your week been? And they say to you, I've always been terrible. I didn't get a promotion. My boss <laughs> overlooked me. If you know that ahead of time, how about trying this question next time? What has gone well for you this week? Now, at a very subtle level, what you've done is you've shifted their focus to something that is positive. You've got them to focus their attention on something that has gone well. So 
What we can do to turn energy into positive is dilute the negative energy as best as we can. And then simply change our lenses. You, you know, as I said earlier, we live in the feeling of our thinking moment to moment to moment. So when you look at an event, how can you take something from it that is actually more empowering and positive rather than something that you cannot control or that makes you feel negative? So that would be the answer to the first part of the question, Stefan. The second part is how do you keep the positive energy? Well, simply put, Stefan, this comes down to your environment, you know, the fastest way to make progress in any area of your life or business is to design an environment around you that makes it impossible not to succeed. And there's actually a chapter in my book called Electrify Your Environment, and it speaks exactly to that. In order to keep the positive energy, we've got to upgrade our environment. Now, when I talk about environment, it is not just the people you spend time with. That's the obvious one. But it's also what you read, who you follow on social media what you listen to, your physical environment, and so on. These all influence your thinking. And even if you say, well, how do I spend time around people who inspire me because I'm in a place of the world where there just aren't those sort of people, and that's sometimes an excuse that I've heard very often, well, get creative. You know, one of the things that I did early on before I now am in the opportunity today to spend time around some incredible people is – I simply had a mental board of advisors, i.e. I went into my imagination. Whenever I wanted to seek counsel from people ahead of me, I will close my eyes. I will go into this boardroom, sit at the front and choose three to five people dead or alive who I found particularly inspiring. And then I would put this challenge or question out into the middle of the table and hear their responses, hear their feedback and their thoughts. Love that. Is there when when it comes to picking your I'm going to call them board of advisors, which you which uh -huh. is what you um, bought up. What do you look for? What qualities do you look for in terms of board of advisors? Is it, is it their in the industry experience? Is it their um, is it their skill set or mindset? What do you look for in terms of quality advisors? Sure. Well, keep in mind that you don't have to have the same board of advisors for every challenge or, or problem mm -hmm. or question. So who you choose in terms of your composition would depend on what you're putting out there. So let's say the question I have is with regards to business, then I might want to have a more business biased uh, board of advisors. Now, if it's to do more with life challenges, then again, I might want to have people who have life wisdom. And so it kind of is dictated by what you are looking to put into the middle of the table. And the ultimate goal of having these board of advisors is to tap into the power of perspective, i.e. there's always a different way to look at what you're going through in the moment. Love it. Love it. Some very good stuff. Now, I have to ask you, because um, I know we spoke about it um, when we were face-to-face um, -face a few months ago, but I think it would be really good for the audience to really get an understanding, because uh, it's interesting how... Um, your ideology of of of, of energize and how it came about mm. and how you approached penguin because mm. effectively it ended up turning into a bit of a monopoly of choosing who you wanted to, to who you wanted to you could choose mm. who you wanted to go with effectively but how did that um how was that process for you like what did what you know because i mean the whole premise of um if we if we think about all of the people that surround us Mm. We all get told that if we write a book, we become branded, we have authority, mm. we have credibility on our industry, the world's going to change, that kind of stuff. 
but I mean, there's many different ways in which we can publish a book, whether it be self-publishing, mm. get a book deal like you did, for example. But tell us a little bit more about how you approached, what was your, what was like your thought process of when it came to the book? Like what was, what were you, what was going through your mind when it came to the decision of the actual book itself, mm. you know, where regards to making that decision process, what was going through your mind initially? Sure. Well, well, just to kind of explain a bit of background, um, I, I didn't plan to write a book initially, just like I didn't plan to be a speaker. And I think that sometimes the universe will nudge you in a certain direction and it's up to us to take the challenge. Mm. And, and that's what, what happened in my journey. I, a question I've been asked a lot in, in different interviews is that, Simon, what do you focus most of your time into uh, when you first started building a business? And I've talked a lot about these answers and I came up with a way to summarize it in, in sort of an acronym, if you will. And I said that since the beginning of making that jump from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, what I spent the majority of my time focused on were three Bs, brain, brand, and business. So the brain side is literally mastering my skill, i.e. being a better coach every day, being a better human, uh, being a better speaker, and so on. The brand side is also the profile. How am I adding value to people? How am I raising awareness of the work that I'm doing? That's all to do with your brand. And then the business side is, well, how am I starting to create multi-sources of revenue so that my business is sustainable? And how do I learn about the business side so that I have something that is actually going to help me succeed, not just a hobby? And so I just started spending a lot of time focused on these three areas. And I think this put me in a very powerful position when it came to writing the book and sharing it with the world. Uh, you know, we spoke about foundation earlier, Adam, and I think these were very good things to have in place ahead of that conversation. And so when it, when it came to the book, there were lots of ideas that I had about what I could write about. Mm -hmm. But the working title that I put forward uh, was Energy is Everything. Now, of course, you know the book to be energized now, uh, but that was after we started writing and editing the script. But at the beginning, it started as Energy is Everything. And the reason I chose that was was two main reasons. The first was that I went for a period of my life where I had no energy. I was completely burnt out and drained working in the in the financial services sector. Uh, and I wanted to detail how I went from that point of my life to where I now am today, where I wake up energized by the sense of possibility over limitation. Uh, and also, I would speak at a lot of events, Adam, and I would get the audience come up to me at the end. And many would say to me, Simon, I loved your energy on stage. You know, if I could only have a small percentage of that energy and bottle it up, I could go on and accomplish so much more. And so I really wanted to speak to that. How did I get to that position where I always feel energized, where when I'm on stage, when I'm doing my thing, I, I have this ability just to connect with an audience and share that energy with them. And so that's how the idea for the book came about uh, by reflecting on my journey. Love it. Love it. Um, interestingly enough, you, you picked, I picked up something from what you said there when um, a lady in the crowd had come up to you and said about the whole kind of like, I wish I had more energy. Mm. When someone comes up to you, do you believe that there is a limitation in their energy or do you believe there's a blockage in their energy or is it something else? Sure. I, I think that often when somebody comes up, uh, and has a question or even attends these sort of uh, events, if you will. Mm -hmm. I think often they're going through uh, a particular moment in their life 
in which they're seeking guidance or help or inspiration. It could be any or all of those things to basically help them change the trajectory of their tomorrow. I know because I was one of them as well. You know, I went for a period in my life where I was lost. I, I just come out of the collapse of Lehman Brothers into a company that was toxic, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I started going out to these events and seminars just to kind of learn more about the world outside of finance. And it opened my eyes to possibilities. I met some incredible people. And often, you know, we talk about how do we get energized? Well, one of the easiest ways is to put ourselves into environments where it immerses our mind in inspiration. Now, if you go to these sort of events, if you go to uh, places that inspire you, you can't help but feel more energized. And so sometimes we need to change our environments in these small ways in order to change what we see as possible. Love it, love it, love it. Now, I know that we're coming towards the end of our conversation, and I'm, I am conscious of time, because I know that you've put uh, some time aside for us, which is really, really cool. Um, well, now you've um, achieved the fact that you're a best-selling author. Congratulations. And, you know, now you're jet-setting around the world and being a great speaker and inspiring lots of people with lots of great energy, which I absolutely love. Very different from maybe, like, a year ago, it was well over a year ago when we when we were here on the podcast. Like I can really see that what I love um, what I love about you is just kind of like seeing how you've grown just in that like increment of time, maybe about fourteen months or thereabouts. It's just like a real a real kind of like um, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's the word inspiration I'm looking for, but it's kind of like it was just what I love. I just love following your journey and kind of how you've kind of put it down to what would you say um from your perspective over the last 12 to 14 months where if you take a step back and look in you know look at and look at your own accomplishments how do you feel i i'm gonna be honest adam i i it is totally surreal there are moments in the last 12 to 14 months where I, i'm still pinching myself I'm, I'm still pinching myself and I, I'm enjoying every minute of it. You know, I think what has helped is the fact that I haven't changed. You know, I still do the very same things that I did before those 12 to 14 months. I, I still connect with people. I, I still respond to people's questions. I try and be of service as best as I can, even though the profile might be bigger, you know, the, the events might be bigger, but I'm still the same Simon as before. And I think it does... It, it, it does just blow my mind as to how far I've come in the last few years. I mean, when I sit down with my wife from time to time and we reflect on the last year, the last quarter and what we've accomplished and what we want to achieve in the next year, it still blows my mind. I, I mean, I, I joke that a lot of us uh, enjoy Christmas in December 21, but my Christmas felt like it came in January 22. And that's because within a space of a week, you know, I got emails back from Marshall Goldsmith, Simon Sinek, Marie Forlier, Dory Clark, and so on, saying that they, they wanted to endorse the book, and, and they shared with me the blurb. And that, for me, was such a surreal moment. You know, I felt like a, like a kid on Christmas Day morning, and <laughs> I said to my wife, is, is this real? And I'm not going to lie. I mean, there have been many moments like that over the, over, over the last year, and it is such a privilege. It is such a blessing to be able to do what I get to do and to impact the lives of other people. Love that. 
So tell me, what is the, where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? I mean, I probably didn't ask you this last time, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's see if we can level this energy up a little bit. Let's see what you've got planned for us. Where, you, where, where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? So, so one of the things I, I love in terms of what I do is I'm not really attached to where I get to. As I said, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't have my plans of writing a book, but mm. for me, I'm just focused on what can I do now that would take what I'm doing just that little bit further. And so at the moment, my plans are to take my work more internationally. So, you know, we touched at the beginning of this session that I just got back from Dubai. I'm going to Malta later this month to speak at a national event organized by the government and then to the US again and then back to Dubai end of the year for some further events. But also next year, I'll be doing a lot of work in the States. Uh, so going to the East Coast and the West Coast uh, to share my book. So for me, I got to say, Adam, I'm really excited about what would be possible as more people in America know about my work, because it's the same with film or music. You know, if you can break a little bit of America, it opens up an incredibly new audience and also a large audience for the work that you do. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about doing some media work. I may have mentioned in the past to you, Adam, uh, that I would love to package what I do and put it into the medium of television uh, in terms of reaching a very different audience. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I'm still working on in the background and playing with some storyboards and ideas. But that's more of a longer term project. Uh, so, yeah. you know, do keep an eye on that. There'll be uh, some hopefully uh, exciting news to come next year. Love it, love it, love it. Listen, I just want to say, um, you know, as a friend and, um, and, 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 you know, and someone that is, is a big fan of yourself, you know, I'm, I'm really proud that what you've done and what you've achieved over the last, like, you know, couple of years and since we've known each other. Uh, and, and I'm ever thankful for our great friendship that we have together. So I wanted to share my gratitude and appreciation for you on that. Thank you so much, Adam. And I reflect that back to you for all of your support and encouragement uh, along the way. Appreciate that. So for you guys that have been listening in, I hope that you've been enjoying some of our conversations with me and Simon. Um, and what I was going to say to you, if you're listening in on the podcast, all of Simon's notes are going to be below. So if you want to connect with him, please do mention the podcast and don't expect an instant response, but you will get an you will get a response uh, because he does have a very busy schedule. Um, and um, what I was going to say to you for you guys that are listening to the, the replay again, use the hashtag replay. And if you have any questions, feel free to use the uh, the feeds to put a question. And me and Simon will try and get back to you in due course. Um, so Simon, I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show. Really appreciate you today. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. Awesome. So guys, listen, hope you've enjoyed the, uh, the Game Changers experience again. If you've enjoyed today's episode, do me a favor, give us a one or a five star review on Apple or Spotify. Me and Simon will be super thankful. Anyway, from me and Simon, thanks very much. We really greatly appreciate you. Take care and see you soon. Cheers.